0: Outside of the virtual hardwood, it's the NLSC Podcast. This is episode 479. I am Andrew, Andrew in our forum, Andrew MLSC on Twitter. Joining me as always, my co-host Derek, DP3 in our forum, and DP3G and DP384 on Twitter. Derek, the Denver Nuggets are in the NBA Finals for the first time. Camilla Anthony has retired. Scottie Pippen has completely lost his mind. But what else is new?
1: Yeah, even more surprising than the Denver Nuggets being in the NBA Finals is the comments from Scotty Pippen. I, I know that he's been talking crazy over the last few years, especially, you know, when he was trying to promote his book. But the most recent comments stating that Michael Jordan was a horrible player before, you know, he came along. Yeah, that's, that's a little over the top, to put it lightly.
0: Scotty Pippen has done a lot to erode my fandom of him. In the last year or two, uh, I, I've—I mean, he was one of my favorite players. MJ is my all-time favorite, obviously, but yeah, it's—it's got to the point where I don't even want to play with him in video games, quite frankly. And these comments—I uh, mean, everyone's entitled to their opinion. He was there; we were not sure all of that stuff, but yeah, that it's, uh, it's—it's very classless and bitter. Let me put it that way.
1: Reminder that Scottie Pippen is also the same guy who pointed at his shoe with the Jordan lo- Jumpman logo <laughs> in order yeah. to try to lure Michael Jordan. Out of retirement, and you know, get him back in Chicago so they can win some, you know, so they could win some more rings, and whatnot. It's just all stupid. It's all drama. It all feels incredibly scripted. And honestly, it's gotten really old. So if you've noticed on social media, I stay away from those conversations for the most part.
0: Yeah, I've liked a few tweets, as I guess people might have seen if they follow me on Twitter. Once again, at Andrew NLSC. But yeah, I kind of, uh, kind of sick of it as well. But. Yeah, very cool to see the Nuggets in the finals. The uh, fourth uh, and final ABA, former ABA team uh, that uh, survived the merger back in 76 to get through to the finals. They could become the second Uh, former ABA team to win the championship, obviously. So that was really cool to see. Uh, I had to go back to Kenny's, uh, the next level, NBA Live 10 Dynasty, Derek, and see what the the Nuggets did in 2023 in his reality because he did win a lot of titles. He had this great generated player, uh, Borislav Perko, uh, which, uh, I mean, you know how I love my generated players, my fictional players uh, with Terry Hansen, Derek. But funnily enough, in 2023, in that reality, was a rebuilding year for him. So didn't actually predict that one. Uh, no uh, Simpsons level predictions there. But uh, uh, Kenny uh, Kenny's dynasty did kind of eventually predict uh, the Nuggets getting to the finals.
1: When I think of the Denver Nuggets' history, like when I think of the history of the franchise, the first names that come to mind are Bobby Jones and David Thompson from the ABA years. And then they, my mind immediately goes to Dan Issel, um, and Alex English and fat lever. Right. Those, that's what I think of as the upstart early Denver nuggets of like the seventies and the eighties. And then, you know, when we get into the nineties, obviously, you know, for both of us, the first names that probably come to mind are Mahmoud Abdul or um, and Dikembe Matembo, And then obviously, for some reason, LaFonso Ellis immediately comes to mind as well.
0: I mean, that block shot for Ellis.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean he was one hell of a player in general. People forget. He's a 20-point scorer. But, I mean, he'd step out and hit that mid-range jumper. He was good back to the basket. Um, and he had some loud blocks and dunks, um, you know, when he was healthy and whatnot. And then, obviously, then my mind goes to Mello. Right. And the years with, you know, Carmelo Anthony. And then they had the two years with Allen Iverson in 06, 07 and 07, 08. And then the J.R. Smith, Marcus Camby, Kenyon Martin um, years, et cetera. So, like, the Nuggets actually have a really fun history and they have a lot of great players that have played for that franchise. And, you know, it is nice to see them in the finals on a very likable team right? Like I like Jamal Murray. Yeah. I have nothing, nothing, you know, he came back from a really tough injury. He's playing fantastic. I think he had back to back 37 point games and whatnot. Um, He has been attacking the rim again. Um, His shot looks great. Uh, Jokic, obviously probably the best all around player in basketball. Uh, You know, people talk about how he's not a great athlete, Andrew, but they're only looking really at, you know, like his body type and the fact that he doesn't jump, like he's not throwing it down all the time. Right. But you know, his coordination in my opinion, like his coordination and his footwork and you know, the things he can do with the ball. Like, I think that's in my opinion, part of athleticism, right?
0: For for sure. You know, it's also, it's also a case of, I mean, he's an average athlete by professional basketball standards compared to the rest of the population. He is a a good athlete, right?
1: Right. Yeah. Right. The other thing too, though, is uh, you know when people talk about athleticism, how often are they actually factoring in footwork? Mm. Right. How are they in coordination and everything? I don't think people most of the time factor that in because there's guys in the league. Um, let, let me think of an example here. Robert Williams, right? Robert Williams on the Celtics. Um, he'll get higher up when he jumps for a block and he'll throw it down more. And he's, he's even been called lob Williams, right? Because he catches a lot of lobs and, and whatnot. Um, and he might be faster up and down the court, but as an overall athlete, as far his footwork, isn't even close to as good as Jokic. His coordination isn't even uh, like close to Jokic. He can't do close to the amount of things that Jokic can do on the offensive end, with the ball and with his feet so um athleticism isn't just about jumping high right or running fast there's other aspects to it um the other guy that i really like on denver and i liked him when he was in orlando was aaron gordon so i love seeing that aaron gordon is on that nuggets team and he's flourishing in that role because i never thought he was going to be like a number one option for a team right I never thought he was going to be a number two option on a winning team. But him as, you know, a third or fourth option on any given night, being able to give all of his effort on defense and be a versatile defender and at the same time be somebody who can, you know, put pressure on the defense, attack the basket, you know, stretch the floor and whatnot, can step out and hit threes. Um, he's on a per- he's, he's like in a perfect role on that team in a similar vein to how like like a role like Iguodala was with the warriors. Right. Um, where he can focus on the best parts of his game and he doesn't have to worry about trying to carry a team. So I love him on that team. And, um, they also have Jeff green. Right. And he still makes plays that you're like, how is this man, this age who's played for like half the league, up to this Most point still still jumping so high running so fast and looking often like the same player he looked like when he was like 25 years old right so like the denver nuggets have a lot of likable players and it's nice to see them in the finals
0: i mean speaking of nuggets who have played for almost half the league ish smith actually has now set the record this year 13 nba teams beating that record of uh, that was held by uh, jim jackson chucky brown and joe smith of 12 actually has set that record. So, yes, they, you know, 13 times uh, lucky with uh, Smith if he gets a ring, obviously, and even getting to the finals is is huge. Absolutely a likable team, very talented team. Uh, I, I hope that uh, Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson can actually bring some excitement in the finals and sound like they are happy that the Nuggets are there. Uh, there's a lot of people saying that if it's a, a Nuggets heat finals, and we'll know this by the time the podcast comes out, that it's not going to be a, a great uh, finals or a low-rated finals. Uh, I think that just proves... Uh, that uh, there's a lot of ca- casual fans these days. I mean, if you're a hardcore basketball fan, you should be able to find something to like about a 8th seed, or actually the, technically the 7th seed, they're only the 8th seed because of the dumb play-in tournament, uh, getting through to the finals in the East, the Nuggets, a brand new team that's never been to the oh, I say brand new team, a new team for the finals, a team that's never been to the finals before, a new face in the finals, if you will, getting there. There's a lot to be, be excited about a lot of talent on both of those teams. Uh, it, and it's, you know, If the Celtics pull off the uh, the comeback, if they've pulled off the comeback by the time this comes out, and they're through to the finals for the second year in a row after coming back from 03 down, they'd be the first team to do it. That's exciting as well. So no, there's a lot to enjoy about that. And I'm very happy for the people I know who are Nuggets fans. Kenny, uh, Sean, who I met at the uh, NBA Live community events all those years ago uh, from Denver. He's uh, obviously a big uh, Nuggets fan. You know, it's very easy, Derek, for me to be a Bulls fan all these years later. Or it's certainly easier because I lived to the championship years, right? I I, I got to see them 3 Pete and got to see Michael Jordan play. So I have a lot of fond memories that keep me... Uh, you know, they they can comfort me, if you will, in some of the tough times that have come since. But a lot of people have remained fans of teams that have been up and down, never got there, never got to the finals even, let alone win a championship. So there's a lot of people who are very loyal to their teams. I always admire that. Because again, it's easy for me to be loyal as a Bulls fan when I've had those fond memories and have those fond memories to fall back on. But to be a fan of a team that's had its ups and downs and had some really low years like that and never been there... Uh, I really do admire that. And, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy for Nuggets fans to, uh, to, finally, to finally experience that outside of video games.
1: Now, I know that the Raptors um, hadn't been around, obviously, as long as the Denver Nuggets. But that's kind of how I felt when they, you know, won the title. Same. Right? Because yeah. the Toronto Raptors had never been to the finals before. And, obviously, they were an expansion team in 95-96. It was their first year in the nba and they went through a lot of tough years a lot of losing seasons um and whatnot and then to be able to get over the hump and sure the warriors were injured but it's still an nba championship you know to get Kawhi for that one year and you know to make that happen like i felt good for the league and for the fans
0: before we move on to some possible gaming talk derek you know what? What a pay tribute to Camillo Anthony, uh, calling the career. Uh, I wish he had a proper farewell tour in the NBA. It's a shame that he was seemingly blackballed for this final year, which would have been his twentieth season. I've always uh, enjoyed Mellow, except for when he was hitting those big shots against the Bulls uh, some years back. That was uh, kind of rough. But again, you have got to respect that talent and the uh, and that clutch play. But yeah, great career for Melo. Came into the league twenty years ago and uh, and became a star. NBA Live two thousand five cover player, of course. But yeah, wish he had a proper farewell tour.
1: One of my favorite players of all time, specifically when he was with the Denver Nuggets, um, wasn't a fan of some of the drama that happened in New York, even though he did give them some great games and, you know, got them to the playoffs and whatnot. But I absolutely enjoyed Denver Mellow. Um, it was the more athletic version of Mellow. It was the bully ball mellow it was you know the one that also played with iverson one of my other favorite players uh love those denver teams love denver mellow um there's been this talk about you know does denver retire his jersey um does new york retire his jersey um i would say absolutely not to new york um and i would say i think it makes sense for them to retire his jersey number for denver i don't know if you agree with that um i know that Jokic also wears number 15 but if you remember correctly the celtics instead of retiring jim leskatov's number they just put loski up in the rafters and so it's l-o-s-c-y or whatever they could do the same thing for Mello and just put his name up there right Mello m-e-l-o or whatever um or they could retire number 15 and have Jokic change his number. I don't know if that's something that you would do to a two-time MVP. Um, but I think if he's if his number is retired for any franchise, that it would be different.
0: I agree. I think it's it would be very appropriate if they do. But they could, uh, to that point, they could make an exception for uh, Jokic to continue wearing it. Uh, I believe there are two players uh, who have 18 retired for the Celtics. Don Nelson being one of them. So you could you could end up retiring it of the number for two players in that way. Uh, I remember that uh, B.J. Armstrong continued to wear number ten even after uh, Bob Love. Uh, had his number 10 for the Bulls retired. Although when B.J. Armstrong came back in uh, the 2000 season for a uh, one final year, he was wearing number 11 uh, because of that. So you can make exceptions like that. And I, I think it would be appropriate, as you say, two-time MVP. It would be a bit rough to ask him to uh, change his number 15. But why not let him keep that and retire it from Melo or put Miller's 15 up in the rafters and then do the same for Jokic someday?
1: Yeah. The fun fact, too, the Miami Heat retired Jordan's number.
0: Yeah. And he never played for him. Yeah, so
1: how about that? That's Bill, how, that's Russell, how much Jordan killed Maya, the, the Miami Heat over the years.
0: Yeah, Bill Russell's number six has been retired uh, you know, as a tribute after his passing last year. So you can definitely do these things. Yeah, no, 100%. Before we go on, a reminder that the NLSC podcast comes out every week on the NLSC, dot Live.com, as well as our YouTube channel. We're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast apps. If you're listening on any of those apps, we'd greatly appreciate a review. To keep up with the show and everything we're doing with basketball gaming in general, connect with us on social media. On Twitter and Facebook, we are the NLSC. We also have an Instagram, NLSC Basketball. And on YouTube, we're youtube.com slash NBA Live Series Center. Once again, visit us at nba-live.com, where in addition to the podcast, you'll also find all of our original content, as well as our forum and modding community. But uh, from the real NBA to the virtual hardwood, uh, we want to give a shout-out to people in the community because, obviously, Derek, we're doing a lot of content each and every week. We're not the only ones. We've got some friends who are doing some really cool things. And, uh, yeah, we want to spotlight that.
1: So on the Live01 Legends YouTube, uh, Nate uploaded a NBA Live 2003 retrospective. And how well done is that video he actually used a lot of commentary from the nlsc podcast from you and i um and then obviously had his own commentary built into it as well but it's really good coverage on nba live 2003 it talks about um you know what they needed to do um for that game to improve on nba live 2002 to truly compete with you know the other the, the competition out there like NBA Inside Drive 2003 um the NBA 2K series etc and i think that they did such a good job going over you know how the right stick dribbling work right stick triple threat how that changed the game how it made NBA Live unique in the space and how it kind of separated themselves from the competition but please go on the Live01 Legends YouTube and check out the Live 2003 retrospective because they did a great job.
0: I did share that on social media. And by the time this podcast comes out, it will also have been posted on our main page as well at NBA-live.com. Very impressed with that work. A great uh, dive into what, as you say, what made the uh, right stick dribbling uh, special in Live 2003 uh, such a huge innovation. I was very flattered uh, that our clips from the podcast were used. Uh, Very, very well edited. The audio, obviously, the uh, the sound mixing with the uh, background music and everything, and the clips that we used, uh, just a very well-produced video there. It is part one, there is a part two coming, and uh, yeah, I definitely recommend checking it out because it is, it is very well done, and uh, that game is 20 years old now. So it is very fun to look back at that uh, at WLF 2003 and what it was doing, and yeah, the uh, what it did with right-stick dribbling, because that continues to benefit games to this day
1: absolutely and you know you notice the difference when you go back and you play you know nba 2k3 and espn nba basketball and espn nba 2k5 et cetera. you you really miss that right stick dribbling and right stick triple threat you do um you you just feel like you don't have the same control um you feel like often moves are just random as opposed to planned uh and whatnot i i think that um You know, that's part of the reason why I go back and play those live games more today and why I stuck with NBA Live for the most part back in the day is um, because it just felt like you had more control of the action. And that's what you want. And it does not just for sports games, but for video games in general. You want to have control. Um, The other person in the community that I wanted to shout out is King J Mace, Uh, the elite street league has really taken off um he continues to live stream the games i believe they're on season two right now he does highlight videos for the league etc people are all pumped about it in the basketball gaming community so make sure to check out king j mace's channel and try to jump into some of those streams because they're having a lot of fun
0: they really are and uh, he's been streaming, he's been doing some morning streams, uh, US uh, Eastern Time, and uh, i that's uh, late night in my time, and I've been up at the time and got the notifications. So I've actually joined some of the streams, commenting from the uh, NLC YouTube channel as I do so, and it's, it's just such great action. You know, Mace was on the show talking about uh, the ESL and uh, the philosophies behind it and everything, and it, it's... Absolutely true. And you see that great defense being played and you see that great sportsmanship and that great competition. It is it is definitely worth checking out. That is some great virtual basketball action. Some of the best competitive scene around, I would say, if not the best competitive play you'll see these days.
1: Right. And just to let everybody know, that's on NBA 2K23 for the PC. Last year, obviously, they did it on 2K22 and that was the first year of it. But yeah, that's what you want online gaming to be, right? Like yeah. it's, it's fair... It's balanced um, it's exciting um, everybody feels like they have a fair shot all of that stuff there's no bullying there's no you know there's no micromanaging nothing like that right like quitting. it's just yeah. it, right exactly it's just it's it's well done it's well run by King J May so would love for people to check that out and then there's a couple other members of the community I want to give a quick shout out to. Uh, Teddy bear the gamer um, continues to share highlights on Twitter. He also sent me 220 NBA 2K23 highlights for consideration for the top (laughs) ten plays of the week. So I had to go
0: through that. Yeah,
1: it it took me forever to actually like because I had to download all of them individually. But you'll see him in the top ten for weeks to come, (laughs) Um, and he submits. Great highlights. He loves playing these games. He spends a lot of time on them on them. And he's good at them. Um, some of the stuff that he's pulled off, um, some of the stuff I've seen recently is stuff that's hard to pull off and stuff that I haven't seen before. So um, shout out to him. And then Ralhouse, Ralhouse, um, it's at underscore Ralhouse on Twitter, um, has finally gotten back into playing the games and posting footage. And he's been posting some NBA Live 19 um, and NBA Live 18 footage. So um, give him a follow on Twitter as well.
0: Absolutely. Great uh, stuff from the community all around. Also want to shout out Chuck at uh, Chuck La 92 uh, Often participates in our uh, our mailbags and of course the top 10. Some great highlights there. Always some great uh, Lakers clips. He's also one of the uh, virtual hardwood photos that I do every weekend, Derek, when I post a screenshot of from my collection or something that i've done that week um and he's always in that into that as well replying with a great screenshot of his own so yeah love the uh, community spirit there
1: and two more actually at b-ball video games he plays everything and has a massive collection just like us and his youtube channel is awesome and he also shares you know pictures of his collection um you know rare posters for the games um you know He'll share footage from intros of games or commercials, etc. Give at bball video games a follow. And then the live king. um, He has just been so steady in the live community, but also in the, uh, you know, just basketball gaming community in general for well over a decade right and he shares highlights most recently obviously of the nba 2k series because nba live hasn't had a title come out since nba live 19 um but he also continues to play nba live 19 nba live 18 and every now and then share footage of that but give the live king a follow he's at steve from the dot on twitter
0: as we've said before uh if slash when nba live makes its uh, grand return uh, they really need to hit up Steve to do the uh, some promotional videos for them because they're just fantastic videos that he does. So I'd love to see them uh, reach out to him and, uh, and work with him on those.
1: Yeah, he does a- excellent um, highlight mashup. Videos like he did one for Kyrie Irving, I want to say, on NBA Live 19. Um, I've seen him do multiple uh, other videos for other players, and he's really good. I believe he uses Vegas Pro, he's really good with Vegas Pro, um, and he just knows the ins and outs of that program. Yeah, I mean, he's also, I got to give him props here for this. He also finally got into the PC scene of nba 2k gaming and he's been playing nba 2k 23 on the pc he's been using mods he actually downloaded action andrew marillis action and um that recorder is working wonderful for him he uh, the jamal murray highlight that was in the top 10 plays of the week this week was recorded with marillis action so i'll say again to um the community if you are looking for an awesome recording software and it's only 20 bucks lifetime license you get all the updates etc uh if you're looking for an awesome recording software for your pc games morales action is just amazing it's fair priced and the quality is top notch
0: it's serving us well i've made that switch myself and uh very well recommended on your part and yeah i absolutely second that recommendation i also want to give a shout out to mace for uh, giving me a new uh nickname for uh, Terry Hansen uh, obviously terrifying is uh, one of the nicknames I've given him but uh, top floor Terry I've really taken to that that's uh, you know top floor is uh, Mace's thing so that's really cool and I've uh, adopted that as well uh, you know you brought up NBA Live 2003 the retrospective that uh, that Nate did and once again check that out that that is a game that leaned in an arcade direction in the NBA Live series or maybe that sim arcade hybrid that we've talked about and I'm sure we'll cover again but, you know, a lot of people say that NBA Live was arcade and NBA 2K was sim, and this is something we we're talking about off-air, and uh, I thought, oh, you know, let's talk about it on the show as well and touch on that again. But, yeah, a lot of people say Live was arcade and 2K was sim, but that's, that's a narrative that uh, is uh, not quite accurate, Derek. Yeah,
1: so my brother and I have been revisiting ESPN NBA basketball and ESPN NBA 2K5, so basically 2K4 and 2K5, and playing that back-to-back. With NBA Live 2005, NBA Live 06, NBA Live 2004. And we find the pace, actually, of those NBA lives more sim. And the feel of those games more sim. Because the action on those NBA 2K games in the mid-2000s is absolutely wild. It really does feel like it's 100 miles an hour a lot of the time. Um, The animations themselves are often um, look and feel more arcade than even those nba live games et etc um, i did have a play in the top 10 this week which is the number two play of the week with iverson on espn nba 2k5 where i get by my guy and i go behind my back in the air and do a layup it was a sweet move um and i love some of those elements of those mid uh 2000s 2k games but at the same time again that is arcade right andrew that yeah. move is very very arcade so there's this thing where it's like well live has always been arcade and in 2k is always been more sim go back and play those games please or go and watch footage on youtube of the mid-2000s 2ks versus the mid-2000s lives and you might come away finding out that the pace overall uh in, in a lot of the animations on the nba live series were actually more sim than the 2k series
0: Well, it's just like real basketball, isn't it? That these narratives persist, that somebody's thrown that out there and nobody goes back and checks. Nobody does the research. Anybody who says otherwise is just kind of shouted down. But the the proof is out there. Like you say, the the footage is out there. You go back and play those games and you can feel for yourself that there are those arcade elements. And and I I also want to put it out there that uh, I'm a bit more strict when it comes to the term arcade, obviously. You you can have arcade leaning and uh, the the full arcade genre and, and then the sim arcade hybrid that we've talked about. But when people talk about these sim games being arcade, you know, I think of arcade as a very distinct style. And I also think it's important to note that these games, these sim games, some of them fell short of where we wanted them to be as far as realism and so forth back in the day, or they were doing the best they can with the technology at the time, or they made a design choice that was a bit of a bit arcade leaning, like the Allen Iverson Layout. That being said, it was a fantastic play, one of the best plays of the year, in my opinion. But yeah people will just throw out the word arcade kind of like they used to throw out the word cartoonish Derek for anything they didn't like so yeah I I'm a bit stricter about that term and uh and yeah I, I think people just throw out that narrative because it's it's one of those things that people have said for so long it it sounds good oh live just went in this arcade direction 2k with sim but you know they were both going for sim but they both uh erred as far as realism in some cases or I say erred they made a design choice obviously but as far as striving for realism, they were both doing that. But they they both uh, came up short in their own ways, and they both succeeded in their own ways.
1: Right, and, right. Instead of saying arcade, you could also say things like not as sim, or um, more unrealistic, et cetera. Yeah, like not a as more realistic casual approach of a to case. Yeah. Right, because in the in the mid two thousands NBA two ks, I mean, oftentimes the ball is just flying around and it's constantly being batted down, and just the action can just look absolutely wild on that game and like i said we've been playing them back to back um specifically espn nba 2k5 and nba live 06 and we've been playing um live 06 the pc version so basically like it's the same version as the ps2 and whatnot and we find that live 06 is actually more realistic by quite a large margin pace wise than you know, say, NBA, ESPN, NBA Game okay, 5
0: And it looks great with the uh, DG Voodoo upscaling it and with the resolution you've got. Great highlights, obviously. Uh, the the top play this week was a uh, fantastic game winner uh, from, uh, from that season that you're playing. And, uh, and of course, I just want to uh, pat myself on the back here, Derek. Uh, I'm really uh, flattered as well to see you using the uh, Freestyle Superstar Replay Indicator Remover. I, I know that's uh, something you were looking forward to. I hated that thing.
1: It was so big. It was it was as bothersome to me as that big X dunk meter mm. that shows up in like NBA 2K23, and that was also in like NBA 2K22. Um, it was re- It's really nice to see that gone. So yeah, that mod is great.
0: And I've gone into detail about that back in March about how that came about and uh, experimenting with that. And, and yeah, that was very satisfying to uh, to put out there. And yeah, I'll always be looking to do uh, some modding projects here and there. But Derek, you threw out a question this week about uh, what gets people hyped up to play basketball, real basketball.
1: Yeah. And the reason I brought this up is because I sort of have a routine. And it's kind of changed over the years depending on what type of content is out there, what I'm into at the time and everything. But I love um, having material that can get me pumped up for a big game. Right, um, that can even motivate me more for even going to play pickup, uh, etc. Not that I need super motivation to go play basketball because basketball has been my life. Right, I love the game of basketball and I love playing it. I love it on the virtual hardwood, etc. But there's certain things that get me like extra pumped up. And one of the things that I mentioned in that tweet was Jason Williams highlights. I used to watch Jason Williams highlights before any local league game as an adult. And I used to watch his highlights as well, you know, in high school, um, you know, to get me pumped up in general. So Jason Williams has some of the most appealing dribbling mechanics that I have ever seen. And whenever I watch him, it's like he had the ball on a string. And I just love his hesitation dribbles, the way he would quickly go through the legs and then throw a pass, um, how quickly he could go behind the back and then change directions and everything. We all, we we always remember him, you know, making Gary Payton try to kick the ball because he just blew by him and whatnot. Gary Payton couldn't stay in front of him. And whenever I watch Jason Williams highlights, I would get to the court and I'd be like, I got the ball on a string like Jason Williams, right? It would make me like almost change the way that I dribble. And I would try to dribble like j Will. And, um, obviously his no look passes, um, and you know, his, you know, over the shoulder passes and that unbelievable pass that he threw to Corliss Williamson, where Carlos Williamson cut to the hoop and Jason Williams had it in one hand and he threw the ball like a hundred miles an hour and like looked away right after, um, and Jason and Carlos Williamson, you know, scored at the hoop, like, his game was just so appealing. So one of my routines was I would watch Jason Williams highlight reels before going to play pickup, um, or before local league games. Did you have any specific go to before games?
0: Uh yeah, I did actually. Uh I would watch some highlights uh I used to watch a lot of Bulls highlights or even All-Star games that I'd bought uh, from Pontel, the international distributor of uh, NBA games, NBA game videos, back in the day on VHS, getting all the All-Star games, getting the uh, Bulls games from the championship run. So in the early 2000s, I would be often watching those uh, the days leading up to a game or watching a bit of it before uh, going to play uh, I, w- I would also uh, listen to, uh, to music, something loud, something upbeat. Uh, t- towards the uh, end of playing in the local league in 2002, I was actually one one of the rituals was listening to uh, "Till I Collapse," the Eminem song from uh, the Eminem show, and uh, actually actually listened to that song before I went for my driving test as well, and passed on the first go. So that song was uh, always a pump up song for me. If Who you-
1: knew? Who knew Eminem would be the motivation that gets you behind the wheel? How about
0: that? Yeah, there you go. Well, I mean, at least at least it wasn't a song from GTA, right? That would be a bit. Uh, <laughs> that might be a bit, uh, right. bit. That might be a bit rough, but uh, yeah, that was something I would do listening to uh, to music like that, uh, and not so much pumped up, but also a ritual I would have because I was uh, playing in an after school league. So I would be on school days that so I would come home in the afternoon and then uh, be taken over to the stadium to play. But I would always have a shower. Before playing, always a shower before playing a, a nice hot shower to uh, to loosen up and everything before I play. That was always important to uh, to do.
1: My routine now is Advil before I play. Mm. Uh, just kidding, but not really. <laughs> um, so yeah, my routine is as you know. I got back into playing in local leagues this year. Uh, we actually just got knocked out of the playoffs. Um, the game, the, the the season ended up being nine games for me. Uh, I ended up playing, you know, close to 40 minutes a game. Actually, I think I played 37 minutes a game, uh, just being out there knowing that, you know, I can still do it and I can still move well and I can still, you know, contribute the way that, you know, I want to, I, in the last game that we just got eliminated and I went seven for 10 from the three point line. So I can still be out there and, um, you know, knocking down threes and, and I can still post up and still get to the rim and everything. I plan on playing for many years to come, but my, my, um, routine this year, you said music was listening to nineties hip hop radio on Pandora and, or Charlie tuna, radio. And what do we know Charlie Tuna from? The NBA 2K soundtracks, right? Like NBA, I believe he was on NBA 2K10 and whatnot. And Love yeah. of yeah. Yeah, exactly. And those, um, those two radio stations on Pandora are excellent. And they play a lot of good music, a lot of good beats that got me super pumped to play. And I think one of the things that a lot of people do, and, and maybe you're the same, is there's a certain type of beat, certain type of music that you listen to and at the same time while you're listening to it you can envision yourself playing right
0: yeah definitely
1: like doing highlight like almost like making highlights to that music so before every game this season on the drive to the games i was listening to one of those pandora stations another thing that used to get me pumped up to go play pickup was when i was younger super young was white men can't jump with Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes. And obviously, you know, like the king and the duck and they're like, they're, you know, out there playing street ball and it's awesome action and et cetera. And and Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes have this awesome on court chemistry, et cetera. That movie used to be shown all the time on like HBO and Showtime when I was younger. And I would always try to catch it. And whenever it was on, I would put it on, I'd watch it and immediately want to go outside and play pickup or go to our local park, etc. So that would get me super pumped to, you know, hit the blacktop and play. So that was another one for me. Um, But yeah, I mean, Michael Jordan as well, watching Michael Jordan highlights, uh, there was 50 point timeline that Bruce blitz had on YouTube and it was like a two hour long video of highlights of all of Michael Jordan's 50 point games. And before I would go and play in local leagues, I would try to catch some of that. I would, I would rewatch it and it would get me pumped to do all this crazy stuff on the court because Jordan was just absolutely ridiculous right so those were a lot th- those were many of my go-tos
0: now those are definitely some uh, great ways to uh, to motivate yourself to uh, to go play pickup or a uh, organized league game for sure I-, I do have to ask though as far as uh, white men can't jump did you ever hit a uh, a long shot over your head to uh, win a trip to sizzlers
1: <laughs> no but we have a legendary shot that actually happened at my house, um, at my parents' house when I was growing up. So we had a hoop in our driveway and the, the, so picture this, you, you roll up to the driveway and there's the hoop on your right. And then there's the house and it's the, the hoop is like in front of the garage. And then there's the backyard that's behind the house. There's this paved area behind the house, probably about 30 feet away. And my brother bet me that I wouldn't make a shot. I think he put some allowance money on it. It was like 10 or 20 bucks or something like that. And I took a shot from that paved area. So this is super long distance and it only took me one shot and I swished it over the (laughs) house. Like I shot the ball over the house, nothing but net. And, um, he actually did end up giving me the money he paid up. Um, which, I was surprised at but yeah that's that's my we talk we still talk about that shot today my brothers say that it's the greatest shot that's been ever made
0: that that's why it's a shame we didn't have the uh the modern devices we have smartphones and everything to easily record footage back in the day can you imagine some of these highlights we had in the backyard in our driveways and, and so forth or down the park uh you know being able to have those for posterity these days so i'm a bit jealous of the uh the younger generation for that uh, to that point, uh, I had a similar shot, or actually, I wit- rather I witnessed a similar shot my cousin Clinton doing uh, in the backyard. Uh, we had a at the, at the time there was a mini trampoline uh, set up against the shed, leaning up against the fence in the shed. Use it to uh, to bounce the ball back to us uh, if it uh, went into that corner of the yard. And uh, he he was up the other end of the yard, and he just had a, a size three basketball that we were using the uh, the mini basketball to uh, to dunk uh, back in the day. And he uh, just tossed it one handed. It went just soaring over the backboard from just beyond three-point range flew over the backboard hit this mini trampoline bounced back up over the backboard and swished and that is uh, jesus (laughs) yeah that is one of the uh the greatest shots i've seen uh messing around in the backyard
1: now imagine if that happened today you caught it on tape and you put that on youtube or on twitter or whatever it probably would have gone viral
0: yeah yeah definitely that that'd be (laughs) again it's, it's a shame we didn't have the uh those devices back then to easily record. I mean, we had camcorders, obviously, but you know you had to get them set up. The parents probably wouldn't, weren't uh, keen to let you just use them freely, but everyone's got phones now. So yeah, it's, that's how easy it is now.
1: The earliest footage I think I have of me playing basketball is from 2009. And that is me shooting, my, my friend Craig and I were having a three-point contest um, in one of the local towns at an awesome gym nearby and um i've actually shared that footage on twitter before but if anybody would like to see it um i can share it again but i think that's the earliest footage that i do have of me playing hoop is 2009
0: now that's pretty cool that you even have that uh, that footage at all i I don't think i have anything actually i might have some somewhere that uh, Dad and I took of uh, Clint and I out in the yard um, when we were around about the age of 14 or 15. But uh, yeah, that might be might be lost to time on a, on a camera that uh, that went belly up some time ago. But I uh, might have to go digging for that. But uh, yeah, obviously those are the things that get us pumped up to play real basketball and, prep- and preparing for uh, both pickup and uh, league games. Uh, some great responses from the community, uh 707 says i don't really do preparation uh love that highlight film from white chocolate that you shared when you put the uh, question out there derek uh says but there is music that he listens to uh hit him high from space jam usually makes me want to play hoops
1: i mean music is such a big part of basketball right because a lot of basketball like it's about rhythm and I think music ties closely into the sport itself. And there's definitely a lot of go-tos for music, um, which is why I said 90s hip-hop radio, um, Charlie Tuna radio. Um, Eminem used to get me pumped up, just like you. Um, songs like Cinderella Man and whatnot that have a great beat and, and whatnot. Um, yeah, I think music and basketball um, are tied really close together. And another cool thing about the Jason Williams situation is that Chris Weber a few years back stated that not only was uh, Jason Williams the best ball handler that he ever played with, um, but possibly that he ever saw. And um, I, I think that Jason Williams might be right up there as the best ball handler I've ever seen, including, you know, with the likes of Iverson. Etc. Um, just because he, like I said, the ball was just on a string at all times, and just some of the stuff that he did wowed me. It was it was ridiculous.
0: It really did blow us away when he uh, entered the league and uh, was bringing some of that uh, that street ball stuff to the uh, to the NBA. I mean, we talked about uh, the uh, elbow pass on the episode with King J Mace. You know that, uh, <laughs> that 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 is such a great highlight, and it didn't even end in a bucket. So that, that's the thing is, is that's not even his best pass. Yeah.
1: Like, that's yeah. the thing is, I mean, it's a great highlight. It happened in the All-Star game. It, it, it happened in, you know, in front of a huge audience uh, because of the national broadcast and everything. But Jason Williams, some of his passes just on that highlight reel that I shared on Twitter as part of this community question, like, some of the passes on that video are even better than the elbow
0: pass. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Next up, we have Knowledge Bone uh, at Harassment on Twitter. Uh, simply posts a couple of covers of uh, and one Mixtape Tour videos. And, yeah. Pumped up a lot of people to play.
1: There you go. So um, I talked about it on a prior episode, the whole trying to you know, copy what the professor did like some of his moves and everything. And then obviously there was that Nike basketball commercial that, you know, I used to try to copy as well with, you know, it had the black background and Jason Williams was sitting on the ball on the floor dribbling two balls and KG was part of that commercial. I believe she was as well, but, and one specifically obviously with the professor and sick with it and all the, that great street ball action and everything. How could you not? get pumped up to play. And the thing was, is when, you know, when we were younger, if we weren't playing in school, we were playing on the blacktop, right? We weren't heading to, you know, these nice fancy gyms or anything like that. We would be finding a local outside court that we could ride our bike to, or that was in a short proximity from where we lo- where we lived. And we would be playing basketball outside on the blacktop until dark, right and then if you were lucky enough you had you were at a court where they also had lights and if there were lights you could play a little bit longer right so um yeah blacktop play i I can't even tell you how many games i played outside when i was younger
0: and of course that classic commercial that you mentioned also parodied in uh, scary movie 2 ends with uh marlon Wayne dribbling the ball into his groin Uh, a comedy staple Derek, obviously but uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, definitely getting people pumped up to play the Ammo Mixtape Tour. Huge. And that's why And One Street Ball was such a uh, an overlooked and underrated game. It's a very cool game, as we've said before, covered that one in detail. I'm, I'm sure we'll play it again. Next up, we have Chuck at Chuck La 92 Shout out to you once again. It says, uh, Saturday mornings, I'd wake up early to watch and record NBA inside stuff on my VCR. I would watch Jam Session over and over, getting pumped up before hitting the court. Yeah, so once again, you've got some music there, you've got highlights, NBA Inside stuff was huge back in the day, along with NBA action, of course. So, yeah, we can relate to that as well.
1: And you know what's funny is, um, obviously, we couldn't dunk, right? And probably the majority of our listeners couldn't dunk. So sometimes it was the highlights that you saw that, you know, you thought you could do that would get you super pumped up some of the layups you know some reverse layups uh some you know layups where you jump into contact and you like throw it up over your shoulder and it goes in you know some of the long bombs from the three-point line uh you know some of the post moves etc um i was always particularly drawn to highlights like that when i was younger because i was like you know what i can go out and do this like i there's there's some of these things that i i can do it um but obviously dunks would also get you pumped up as well just because of the intensity of them you know the scream after you know kind of like i shared footage of the 1996 high school um, mcdonald's all-american game and you know it had guys like tim thomas in there and cory benjamin and everything and they are going up throwing it down hard and screaming after the dunk and sure Seems a little ridiculous today because you don't see that now. But back then, that used to get us super pumped up. And that was just kind of like the attitude era of basketball. And if you actually go watch those, you know, the jam sessions and you, you watch like the NBA highlights from back then, a lot of that yelling and a lot of that intensity and all of that stuff and the super loud dunks, that was like a staple. Of the NBA at the time. Think of grandmama, you know, Larry Johnson going up and throwing it down and say, scowling yeah. after and doing the L, right? And then, you know, think about Antonio McDice doing the same thing and guys like Alonzo Mourning and, and whatnot. And then Spreewell, how many times did you see him on the fast break, cock back a two handed dunk, throw it down and scream, right? So, like, and then scowl after. So, like, that stuff used to get me super pumped
0: up. Yeah, roaring off the dunk used to be very big. Uh, in the 90s, as, as well as uh, crotch grabbing, which which wasn't as cool, obviously. But uh, <laughs> that was definitely the Attitude Era in, in many ways, not just the uh, WWF, obviously. And, and, you know, we couldn't dunk, most of us, as uh, as kids under six foot. But, you know, we did have trampolines. We did have adjustable backboards. So sometimes we throw it down.
1: The closest I ever got was dunking a tennis ball. So I'm 6'2". Um, my best friend, Craig, who's actually six one, he could throw it down. Um, only off of two feet um but and he, he could only throw it down really with two hands as well because his hands weren't big and he couldn't palm the ball but he could throw it down pretty well but the closest i ever got to dunking was a tennis ball
0: and finally we have steven the live king of course he used to watch recorded nba games on the tapes and study jump shots in slow motion that's why i learned to shoot when i was young yeah that's cool
1: you know what's funny is that's kind of how my brother and i uh put signature shots together when we're modding games um, we will pull up footage. Let's say we're trying to do a jump shot for Carmelo Anthony or whatever. We will, you know, watch a video on YouTube of Carmelo Anthony, you know, maybe like a six point game or something like that. And, um, we'll look at a shot from all different angles. And then oftentimes we'll put that video, we'll take it off of YouTube and we'll put it into like Movavi and whatnot. And we will slow it down in order to get a better look at the full form on the jump shot. And that way we can implement it in the video game properly. So that's something that we do now for that. Um, There is a memory that I have from my childhood. And this is actually a really cool memory. It's one of my favorites where we had a, a basketball hoop, like a small hoop in our house. And we used to have Nerf balls that we used to shoot. Into the hoop and the Nerf balls weren't quite the size of a real basketball, but they were pretty close and the rim was pretty close to regulation size and we had an old camcorder and all three of us, my brothers and I, um, my dad would sit behind us while we were shooting the Nerf ball into the hoop and he recorded all of our shooting forms and then after we were done um, shooting a bunch of shots, we watched that footage and then we also watched it in slow motion and everything and we would we're going back and forth and saying oh my shot looks better and blah blah blah. i made more all of that stuff but that's actually like a really fond memory from my
0: childhood and how fun were those mini basketball hoops and nerf hoops They're great.
1: But this one was even better because, like I said, the ball was close to a real basketball size and the rim was close to a regulation size. So while the hoop was obviously shorter, um, it almost felt like you were using like a real basketball because of the size of everything. Right. So um, we were able to get our fix sometimes when we couldn't play outside. We were able to get it when we were little, you know, indoors. And I thought that was kind of cool.
0: I will admit there are times, even at the age of 38, going on 39, that I'm in the uh, down the supermarket at the grocery, uh, going to the checkout. And i may maybe walking past uh, a, a display of, uh, of toys, and I'll see a mini hoop, and I have to talk myself out of buying one. Just like you don't need that. You, you're 38. You don't need that.
1: Get this. I have one.
0: I've got one. So on um, <laughs> I
1: actually I went into um, a store last year and there was one on sale i want to say it was 30 bucks and it was um very similar to the one i grew up with it's the rim is pretty good size and it has like that the the base that a regular like outside hoop would have and i bought it and it's right now sitting up against my wall uh in my apartment and while i don't have a nerf ball i do have you know another small basketball and every night now and then i'll take a shot in it
0: is it a uh, celtic same one is the uh, an NBA-themed one?
1: Um, there is. I think it's an nba theme one. Like, I think it says NBA on it. Um, but def- there's no, like, team represented for it.
0: But thank you to everybody for sharing those memories. Uh, we love talking about real basketball as well on the show, Derek.
1: No, absolutely. Because as much as we love basketball video games, um, we love the sport itself. And if we didn't love the sport itself, we wouldn't love basketball video games, right? So, like, you know, We we like talking about real basketball in the sense of watching it um, on TV, but then also like talking about our experiences playing it. And I know that it's been the perfect trifecta for me in life, you know, the ability to go out and play the sport that I love, watch the sport that I love, and then also hit the virtual hardwood. So I've been able to do all three.
0: The enthusiasm for real basketball just feeds everything else right and we do have that history of playing basketball competitively uh, watching for many years so uh, we, we wouldn't be playing games talking about them creating content for them uh, making mods of uh, historical rosters and so forth if we didn't absolutely love the sport Derek
1: right exactly and you know what that love is never going to go away because I love While I don't love what's happening in the NBA right now and I don't love what the game's turned into at that level I still love playing basketball and i still love playing basketball video games um you know whether it be the current game with my brother doing the legend seasons and whatnot and playing co-op and doing fantasy drafts um but then also just the the bevy of retro titles we just have so many classic basketball video games that will never get old
0: and we're definitely not alone in that regard seeing all those different games in the top 10 and the highlights being posted on social media it's really cool to see we will always encourage that retro gaming and of course that community spirit and uh, speaking of community interaction, Derek, it is not over yet for this week, for it is time to open up the mailbag. To the mailman. So I asked the
1: community can you name the top seven overall players in ESPN? nba 2k5 now i I did revisit this recently i've been playing a bunch of games either co-op with my brother or just against the cpu and while i don't enjoy the game particularly as much as nba live 2005 and nba live 06 etc i'm still having a really good time with it i think the presentation is top notch some of the moves you can pull off like the iverson um behind the back layup that was in the top 10 uh just there's still a lot to love about this game But the overall ratings are really interesting. There are a lot of over 90 overall players. The ratings are high for the majority of the roster, unless you're the Chicago Bulls, where Kirk Heinrich is the best player on that team. He is 80 overall, and there's nobody else 80 overall on that team. But Andrew, how many names can you get for the top seven?
0: So as always, I will give this my best shot. Uh, I haven't played a lot of ESPN NBA 2K5. I uh, do have it in my collection. I do want to play more of it, and we'll at some point cover it for Wayback Wednesday, I'm sure. But here are my guesses. And actually, before we started recording, you did give me a, a slight hint that there might be one that's a bit unorthodox. Um, so we'll see if I'm have uh, see if i on the right track with uh, my unorthodox pick. But the first six players I'll guess are Kobe Bryant, Tracy McGrady, Alan Iverson, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett. And Shaquille O'Neal, and I'll throw out there that the seventh player is an overrated aging Carmelo. <laughs>
1: All right, so no, uh, you, you got five of them right. So Kobe, Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, Tracy McGrady, and Shaq. Those are actually the top five overall players in the game. Kobe's ninety nine, KG's ninety nine, Duncan's ninety eight, T Mac ninety eight, Shaq ninety five. Iverson is not in the top seven which is going to be surprising for the community to hear it's actually Jason Kidd and Jermaine O'Neal Jermaine O'Neal
0: yeah wow yeah
1: so kid 94 overall Jermaine O'Neal 94 then after that there's three tied with 93 overall Allen Iverson Paul Pierce and Dirk Nowitzki two tied at 92 overall Ray Allen and Baron Davis Two tied at ninety-one overall. Vince Carter, and Elton Brand. Elton Brand, Andrew. He oh. did. He was. He was. He was having some. Uh, he was putting up some good numbers. At Twenty the time. And ten player. Remember these are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So just for a reminder before I continue to everybody. ESPN NBA Two K Five. The ratings are based off of the O three O four season, which is why you don't hear like LeBron and Melo in there, and whatnot. Here's the surprising one, Andrew. Ninety overall. Sam Cassell now I get it okay the Timberwolves were really good in 0304 but and, and and so was Sam Cassell individually but Sam Cassell in this game is better than Ron Artest, Peja Stoyakovich, Karolenko, Steve Francis, Stefan Marbury, Chris Weber, Michael Redd, LeBron, Yao, Ben Wallace the cover athlete, Rip Hamilton, Rasheed Wallace, Chauncey Billups, uh, Carmelo Anthony, Dwayne Wade, Gilbert Arenas, and Steve Nash. Now, my brothers and I, specifically my brother Nick and I, think that Cassell was awesome. We think he's incredibly underrated. He was a ridiculous mid-range shooter, shooter, one of the best at his position in my opinion, even possibly all-time. He was just automatic from mid-range. He was also a solid playmaker. But the 0304 Cassell going into 0405 being 90 overall and being better than all those guys, I'm not buying it
0: yeah i just had to look it up because i couldn't remember if he was an all-star the previous year or after he went to the clippers he was an all-star in 2004 and all nba in 2004 so i guess that's what led to his uh ratings being pumped up we we do see that the kind of uh politics in overall ratings as we've seen before but yeah to rank him above those players and of course he's the cover player of nba shootout the very first nba shootout game uh even before he was an all-star actually but uh yeah that that might be a, a little bit too much
1: right so i'm gonna um go down the list of other notables, so Ron Artest, 89, Paja, 89, Kirilenko, 89, Steve Francis, 88, Stefan Marbury, 88, Chris Webber, 88, Michael Redd, 88, LeBron, 88, uh, two tied at 87, Yao Ming and Ben Wallace. Um, Somebody guessed Ben Wallace being in the top seven. I don't blame them because there's a lot of times there's cover art favoritism and Ben Wallace is the cover athlete for ESPN NBA 2K5 but he is only an 87 overall. Here's the kicker though. That Pistons team has Ben Wallace 87, Hamilton 87, Rasheed Wallace 86 and Billups 85. They are stacked. In that game and as you can expect they're very hard to beat as a result when you're playing on the higher levels against the cpu quite the difference than when you play against the chicago bulls like i mentioned earlier and captain kirk kirk heinrich is their best overall player at 80 overall so the couple other notables obviously mellow is an 87 off of his excellent rookie season wade is an 86 um, arenas an 84 and then steve nash Obviously, he was with the Dallas Mavericks in 03, 04 with that stacked Mavericks team that had Michael Finley, Antoine Walker, Anton Jamison, Dirk, et cetera. Um, he hadn't hit MVP status yet, right? And 04, 05 was that MVP caliber Nash. Um, and so that's why he's only 83 overall. But those are the other notables.
0: I mean, I think Nash had that uh, for all the games that came out in the 2006 season. uh, That's when they started to pump up his ratings after that MVP season, obviously. Uh, Nash, always a difficult player to rate as well because of his uh, defense and uh, athleticism, or I guess lack thereof, compared to his uh, passing and playmaking skills and and shooting, of course. Always a little bit underrated from an overall rating standpoint. Uh, Difficult to rate.
1: Right. Well, you'd think that like that might be the same thing with Cassell though, right? Because Cassell yeah, was not true. a super athlete. True. In fact, far from a super athlete and he wasn't known as a stellar defender either. Um, but he still, you know, grabbed that 90 overall in that game. But, you know, no, I definitely agree with you. I think that games that favor super athlete ratings like super athletic ratings as far as like jumping high or being a big dunker or like open court speed and all of that stuff and then also favored defense i'm um, nash isn't going to be favored in the rating system on those
0: so let's get to the community's responses now let's see if they can do better than my five out of seven uh starting off with teddy bear the gamer says kobe kg duncan dirk mcgrady vince carter Palgasol, gasol and Shaq. that's actually eight so um I guess we can wipe Gasol off that list.
1: Yeah, Gasol, I uh, actually don't even remember what his rating was. Um, I do know that he was good in that 0304 campaign with the Grizzlies. And yeah, otherwise, you know, he mentioned Vince, and that's a safe guess, right? Because Vince Carter, uh, this is his prime back in the early 2000s and whatnot, you know he was still with toronto and whatnot he was still the high-flying vinsanity uh you know air canada etc
0: next up is king j mace says kobe shack duncan KG, iverson ben wallace and dirk
1: iverson and ben wallace super safe guesses ben wallace being the cover athlete iverson being a multi-time cover athlete and still uh, being a leading scorer in the nba could give you 30 on any given night uh and then you know dirk dirk was unbelievable and the mavericks were winning a ton of games um he was one of the faces of the league he was barely outside the top seven he was 93 overall so that's another great guess
0: next up is jordan kobe wade seven says kobe Shaq, T-Mac, iverson duncan kg and another guess of dirk
1: yeah yep yeah, iverson and dirk again uh safe guesses both were right outside the top seven so yeah that's well played
0: uh avery at avery simp says kg kobe duncan mcgrady ai shaq and ray allen
1: so once again great guesses uh ray allen obviously you know, 92 overall in the game, right outside the top 10, you know, people oftentimes look at him as just a shooter because maybe they only remember mostly him from his Celtics or heat days, et cetera. But Allen was a lot more than that. As a younger player, he, both you and I remember from his days with the bucks and the supersonics, um, he could slash, uh, he was, you know, dunking on people, uh, and whatnot. And he was a solid defender as well. So Ray Allen, um, that, that was a really good guess.
0: And finally, we're jumping over to the NLC Discord. Once again, we invite you to join us on the NLC Discord. There is a link on the site, nb-live.com, of course. Uh, Wiscard Rush says Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, Tracy McGrady, Dirk Nowitzki, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, and Jason Kidd. He got
1: six of them. The only one he missed was Jermaine O'Neal, which I don't blame him for missing that one. He guessed Dirk, who was one lower overall than Jermaine O'Neal. People forget that Jermaine O'Neal... was the face of the Pacers as far as like a dominant force at that time. I know Reggie Miller was still there and Reggie Miller retired actually after the 04 05 season. But Jermaine O'Neill was the go to on that team and the Pacers were incredibly successful as a result. Um so yeah, Jermaine O'Neal might be a little bit too high in that game, but I'm not going to argue against it.
0: I see where they're coming from, and he's got the, with the rebounding ratings and the offensive ratings and athleticism, you could see how his overall might be pumped up a little higher than perhaps it should be, and certainly is from a, uh, an optics standpoint. As you say, he was the star of the team. He was the one making the all-star teams at that point. Of course, missed most of the, uh, or missed a, a bulk of that 2005 season thanks to the uh, malice at the Palace, but yeah, it's uh, maybe a little bit overrated to be in that, uh, that class of players, but uh, yeah, it's, it's certainly understandable.
1: Exactly. Uh, No, but thank you to the community for, you know, answering these, you know, trivia questions, answering the mailbag in general. We love hearing your responses, and we love talking about them on the show.
0: Absolutely. And uh, hats off to uh, WizCard Rush for uh, for winning this week's trivia. He did. He, you know, six out of seven. That
1: is incredibly impressive, especially because he guessed Jason Kidd, and um, I thought that that was going to be one that nobody was going to guess. So good job.
0: See, I was going to guess Jason Kidd, but I thought he was going to be the one who was underrated and out of the top seven.
1: Right. Instead, you find out that it was Sam Cassell that was actually overrated.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then I threw out Carmelo, who was uh, if he was even still on the Lakers uh, when the game came out. Um, I think he was in live two thousand five, or he might have been in the free agent. So, uh, yeah, there you go.
1: Yeah, I didn't even look at Carmelo's rating. I'll have to go. Uh, I'll have to go back and check that.
0: But thank you to everybody who responded to Derek's prompts this week. Be sure to follow Derek and the NLC on social media to uh, see those questions each and every week. We love having that community interaction. And uh, yeah, you're a big part of the show.
1: Yeah, it's all about the community. Uh, We love, you know, getting your highlights for the top 10, your responses to the mailbag, seeing your comments on YouTube and on Twitter. We love seeing the footage that you share of the highlights from your basketball gaming sessions, etc. So yeah, please keep it up.
0: With that being said, that has brought us to the end of this week's show. As always, we... Thank you for tuning in and invite you to join us again next week, either on the NLSC, nb-live.com, our YouTube channel, or your podcast app of choice. In the meantime, once again, please connect with us on social media. That's where you can get in touch with us and, of course, stay to date with all of our content and the podcast prompts. So, Derek, go ahead and plug the handles.
1: Now you can find me on Twitter at D43G and at D4384. I'm also on the NLSC, D43, and on YouTube, D43.
0: I am Andrew in the forum, and Andrew NLSC on Twitter, the NLSCs on Twitter and Facebook at the NLSC. Our Instagram is NLSC Basketball. We're on YouTube at youtube.com/slash Live Series Center, and of course, keep a look to the NLSC itself, NBA Live.com for everything we do for basketball video games. So thank you once again for tuning in, and until next time, I'm Andrew, and I'm Derek. Go get buckets, everyone!